friends, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Frickin' Aaron Wiseman. And I, I'm a girl fan today. I am not going to lie whatsoever. So you need to hear about this interview that I'm getting ready to get into. This is Susie Brown. She's not going by her doctor name today. She's going by her bluesy, folky, achy, sweet-voiced, part Emma Lou Harris, part Allison Crass, and totally worth listening to Susie Brown. She's a practicing cardiologist who pursued a career in singing and is in Nashville. She plays her guitar. She takes care of her children. She takes care of hearts that are failing. She's an amazing badass. I was so thrilled to have a conversation with her on my birthday, and I am so elated to share it with you guys. So we're going to talk about flexibility. And then afterwards, stick around for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Susie Brown. It's amazing to have you here with me. Thank you. Oh my gosh, guys who are listening. So I heard Susie sing and speak at the Coalition for Physician Wellbeing in Nashville, we think maybe three years ago as we were chatting. And I've been a fangirl ever since. And so this is a dream come true. And we are recording on my birthday. Oh, it's your birthday? So it's possibly... Yes, possibly the Aww. best birthday gift that I can get today. So, so Susie, tell the people out there in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic that you're doing in the world. All right. Well, on the doctor side, I'm an advanced heart failure cardiologist at Vanderbilt in Nashville. So I take care of all advanced heart failure, bad and transplant patients. And I work 50%. It's taken on different forms over the last few years. Originally, I was two weeks on, two weeks off, and then that got to be a little bit too long to be away from the kids. So now, then I was one week on, one week off. More recently, I've tried two weeks on, two weeks off again. But essentially, I have at least one block where I'm working full-time and then one block where I don't have to be there at all. That's the doctor part of me. Um, I have two kids. They are six and almost five. So one's in first grade and one's in pre-K. I have a musician husband who's super zany and funny and who I'm really grateful for most of the time. <laughs> and right. um, no, he's the best. And then I'm a musician. I'm a singer-songwriter, so I write my own songs and perform them. I made, I think, six albums, and I'm getting ready to record my seventh. It's so amazing. I pop your CD in because I literally still have a CD player that I put it in. And, cl- and I also have your songs on my phone, but I pop it in my CD player and I just sit there and I'm like, sing it, girl. Because I feel like we were having children around the same time and they're about the same age yeah. and like that feeling that comes through in your music. So I love it. Thank you. Well, I try and write about real life. You know, I don't make up stories. I just try to write about real things. Exactly. And the word that we're going to kind of roll around today is flexibility. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about why you picked that word. I just feel like with COVID now more than ever, I've had to be flexible and my kids have needed to be flexible and my husband's needed to be be flexible. 
It seems so relevant right now. Yeah, absolutely. Just flexible in so many ways, you know, like things at work are weird. You know, we all have to wear masks and eye protection and scrubs and you can't wear your white coat and it's just uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, I have to shower before anyone can touch me at home and it all kind of sucks, but you just have to be flexible because that's, that's just the way it is, you know, and seeing friends these days, I think like many people, we just hunkered down and didn't see anyone for the first, like probably two, three months, but then it became clear that this isn't going away. So we've started to see people outside with masks on, which I think is fine, you know, and definitely did so much for my soul. Would I rather like hang out together and go out to see a show? Sure. Or go out to dinner? Sure. But you have to be flexible. And then obviously with parenting, man, do you have to be flexible right now? In some ways, changing your standards for what kind of parent you are and what you allow your children to eat and consume and screen time, you know, just so many ways you need to be flexible as a parent and a spouse. Absolutely. Because it's like, if you don't bend, then you break. And I'll admit it, there's been some times in COVID, this COVID stuff that like, I've lost my shit. I just have. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. And talk a little bit about too, like you've had to flex a little bit with your music as well, because you were doing like house shows before. And tours and real tours and venues. Yeah. Yeah. Live music is canceled, basically. We played beginning of March. We just actually played one show in Philly. It was a hundred person room that we limited to 10 people all with masks on. And even that made me feel a little uncomfortable, but you know, they were all really far away from us with masks in a big room. So I think it was okay. But other than that, I haven't played live for anybody. And a lot of my musician friends are keeping their careers alive by doing live streams, Mm -hmm. just like concerts from home. I have not been able to like muster the emotional energy to do that because I think I've just been so consumed keeping myself and my family above ground. I just haven't had any emotional energy left Mm -hmm. to just like play music to my computer. Although I one time just spontaneously turned it on, turned on Facebook live when my husband and I were on a lake and I played a song I had just written and uh, my husband played. It was super fun. Tons of people like commented and tuned in and I don't know why I haven't done it more because it does seem super fun, but I, I just, I haven't had any, I don't know. <laughs> my house is a mess. My kids need me. I don't know. I think that's the theme of COVID too at times is like, we're just, we're in survival mode still. And mm-hmm. especially as moms and working moms, like we're still, we've always kind of had the load that we're carrying, but now it, it feels even more daunting. Yeah. Like a, there's a lot of emotional energy that I'm managing. And then, you know, a lot of the logistics fall on me, decisions about school and I don't know, all that stuff is just seems like a lot. That being said, I am doing my first live stream on Friday. Nice. Good. Yeah. Someone asked me to be part of their weekly series and and I said, yes. And I'm really looking forward to it actually. You know, and I can see where this word translates to this flexibility, just having heard your story before when you told it at the conference that we were at as well. Do you care to share a little bit about that? Yeah. I grew up in a house, uh, a two physician household. My mom and my dad were both doctors um, and I was always good at math and science and 
it just seemed like a natural thing for me to go into medicine. And I loved med school. I loved it. I loved being a doctor. I loved every step of it. But the short version of a long story is that I kept feeling like the happiness that I was seeking was kind of like just out of my reach. And I kept feeling that with each phase of my training that I completed, I should get there. And I just never got there. And I was at the end of my cardiology fellowship and I just felt like I wasn't as fulfilled as I should be at this phase of my training, having gone to these really, really, you know, prestigious programs. And, and I basically had a job waiting for me and I was doing research and all this stuff. Um, it was basically everything I worked toward and that kind of part of me didn't want it. And so I had this big emotional reckoning and I decided to leave the place where I was doing my fellowship and find a part-time job uh, straight out of fellowship and pursue my music with the rest with the rest of my time, which was something that just fed my soul in a way that other things didn't. I just felt at that time, actually at that time, I felt like, you know what, I'll go back to my quote unquote real life later. But for right now, I have the means to still pay my mortgage and pay off my med school loans working part-time. And if I don't I could get hit by a bus in two weeks and I would never forgive myself if I didn't make time for this when I actually could. So I got a part-time job and uh, made my first album right out of fellowship and, uh, and I've never looked back. And how long ago was that? I finished fellowship in 2009. I think it's amazing because I think there's so many of our female colleagues who are out there who are at that reckoning point mm -hmm. and they're tough. I mean, we are so tough and we can keep grinding. We're built for childbirth, so we can keep grinding through a lot. Oh, yes, we can. I just feel so grateful. I mean, I can't tell you. When I finish like a slog rotation in the ICU, and I've just worked 12 days in a row, you know, and I know that I have two weeks off like to just be, just to be, you know, even just so I can like load my dishwasher and hug my kids and get a cup of coffee with my husband and just do like a little gardening and just like go to the, well, no, no longer go to the grocery store, but that used to be something that even was a little joyful just to be, I just have some space in my life to be. I'm so grateful that I made that decision. And when you first started, when you first started with music and well, you had been doing music your whole life, but I mean, at that point at fellowship, when you released your first album, talk a little bit about that progression, because I say this because sometimes I think people look at where we're at and they compare their beginnings to our middles and they forget that mm -hmm. we had beginnings too. Okay. So I finished my clinical fellowship in 2007 and then I entered a master's degree program. I got a master's in translational research. I thought I was going to do basic science. So I was in the lab for two years, uh, the last two years of my cardiology fellowship. So I had nights and weekends free. And that was when I started writing songs. I just had, all of a sudden had a little bit of space in my calendar and I started writing songs and started performing. And it basically came a time when I had to decide whether I was going to apply for this career development grant and go back and do a year of advanced heart failure fellowship, clinical fellowship um, before, you know, starting a job. And I just felt like if I get this grant that would allow me to continue my research, you know, for five years, I would feel like I'm, I'm in jail. I just had this feeling. And I felt like, oh my God, going back to full-time clinical medicine. Not that what I was doing wasn't actually full-time, but what we do is like 
full-time and a half or full-time times two. I had just been like regular full-time for a, a period of time. And the thought of going back to like 60 to 80 hour work weeks was just, I just couldn't fathom it. So, I mean, in retrospect, it was pretty ballsy, but like at the time, I just felt like I had no choice. I basically defended my master's thesis and had this D-Day where I went to my program director and my research mentor, who was the chair of medicine at Penn, by the way, and all these, you know, prominent people in my life. And I just said, making music makes me really happy and I want to make more time for it. So I'm going to get a part-time job somewhere else and just do what makes me happy. Yeah. And in general, people were really supportive and wonderful about it. But honestly, at that point, like I think more than any other time in my life, I, I didn't really care what they thought because I just had this clarity about what I needed to be happy. And I just, you know, I didn't really care what they thought because I kind of didn't need them anymore. I didn't need their approval. So um, I got a part-time job at a small hospital in Philly that was affiliated with Jefferson doing heart failure and VAD stuff. That job was 60% and it was a mix of inpatient and outpatient and reading echoes and nukes. And then I, you know, I did my music the rest of the time. And like I said before, I thought at some point I was going to go back to my real life, but then I realized this is my real life. And I still felt like, and I continue to feel like when I'm at the hospital, I'm not part-time. I'm a hundred percent there. And I feel like I take a lot of pride in taking really good care of my patients and doing the best I can do. And then I have some time to recharge. So I spent five years at Einstein in, in Philly, and then I moved to Nashville and joined the faculty at Vanderbilt. So awesome. Thank you for sharing your journey, because I think there's a lot of women out there who are like, can I really do this? And just having your example to be like, hell yes, absolutely, you can. But I think on the flexibility piece, I mean, I thought I was going to have to leave academic medicine. I thought I was going to have to give up being at a major academic medical center to accommodate what I wanted, which was to have time for my music. And I was willing, you know, to make that transition. Einstein was wonderful. It, it's predominantly the residency and fellowship program. It's predominantly foreign medical grads, but it's one of the most prestigious foreign medical grad programs in, in the country. So we had these like incredibly sophisticated and bright people from all, it was like working at the Model UN, just people from all over the place. And they were so mature and sophisticated and it was so fun to work there. But, you know, I definitely gave up being at a huge, huge center. And I thought I would continue to have to make that sacrifice. And I was willing to do that. So, you know, when people ask me, how do you get what you want? I always say, well, you have to prioritize what's most important because you're not gonna be able to spend a lot of time with your kids get full professor at a major academic medical center and have three R1s and, you know, be a great clinician and stay in shape. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're just not going to be able to, and have a good marriage. Like that's just not possible. And live in like the city where you want to live in. It's just not possible. So you have to be, you have to decide where you're willing to give. Mm -hmm. Definitely prioritization. It's huge. And like really getting crystal clear about like what's most important in my life. You have to be so clear on what you want and like be willing to let go of the rest and not apologize for it. Yeah. You're not less of a doctor if you want to have time to spend with your kids. Yeah, exactly. So for the woman who's sitting out there hearing our conversation today, what do you want to empower her with? I just want to empower everyone to just pay attention to who you are and not really care about what makes other people tick. 
you know, like my sister, for example, is she just got her first R1. She's a neonatologist at Boston Children's. She is just a Viking. She, she has three kids. They are awesome. She has a great husband. She loves her job. She loves research. She has gotten so many, like anyone in research, she has gotten rejected so many times. That's what research is. You know, your grant gets rejected. You just resubmit it somewhere else. Like your paper gets rejected. You resubmit it somewhere else. She loves it. She loves the process. She just has a scientific mind. She loves it, but she works a lot. And that works for her, you know, and she's happy and her kids are great. It's, it works for her, but I wouldn't want that. That's just not what would make me happy. And I think I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I'm fine letting go of that academic prestige. That's just like, I mean, another example of that is we were, asked to do the Vanderbilt program was asked to do a, a review on ECMO for like Jack or some prestigious journal. And I just had so much going on at that time with my kids and I forget exactly what it was in my music. I was offered to participate in it, to be an author on it. And I just said, I just don't have time right now. And it wasn't because I was doing these other academic things. It was because I was, I think making an album and had a lot going on with my kids. And I just like gave up that rung on the ladder because it wasn't as important to me as the other things in my life. And I don't feel bad about that at all. Absolutely. You were lifing. I mean, like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No needed explanation at all with that. Well, why don't you tell the people out there a little bit about where they can come find you, where they can listen to your music, and where you recommend that they hang out with you. Okay. My website is susiebrownsongs.com. S-U-Z-I-E, brown like the color, and then songs, S-O-N-G-S dot com. And that's also my Twitter handle, my Facebook handle, and my Instagram handle. Um, There are links to my music there. You can find me on iTunes, on Spotify. I would love it if you followed me on Spotify, Bandcamp, all the things, all the places I am. And um, this Friday, I'm doing my first full-length live stream. You can only access it if you have an Instagram account, but I think I'm going to video it and post it on my website later. You'll find it on the Wham Block Party Instagram site. So it's W-A-M and then Block Party. It's Friday at six o'clock Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I'll be playing for an hour. Um, I love it. So good. Well, thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First. I am just so elated to call you colleague and friend. And I just want you to know that like your music touches my soul. Thank you. That means so much. You have no idea how much that means to me. It really does. running low these days and the corn along the highway is wilted worn out all dried up i can see the sky turn gray through my bedroom window it's heavy i'm ready to let it all go finally let it all go so come on come on Come on, come on and rain I seen the sun, I seen the sun for days
reason Cause this sadness is my sadness It belongs to me You can't tie it up with a pretty bow All the old cliches you know Can't keep me dry when I just wanna Finally let it I want to tell you a little bit about my free upcoming masterclass. It's all about helping you to ditch burnout and bring your badass self back. So what I'm doing is the last Sunday of every month at 2 p.m. Eastern time, we are all logging on with the theme to be happy now, rediscovering your inner badass, because I want that for you. So have you caught yourself thinking, I have to keep working, my job is too good to quit? Maybe it's just me. I need another vacation. Everybody else looks fine. I shouldn't feel sad, anxious, and empty. And seriously, I am so fucking tired. If you have thought any of this, it's time to make a change, my friend, because there's so much more out there for you. And I would love, love, love to meet you in person on Zoom and talk about topics, why I think super achieving female physicians get stuck how to start regaining more clarity in your current situation and what you really want and walk away with some real tangible next steps to help yourself move forward in a life of sustainability, purpose, and joy. Because really, why stay stuck? Move out of the place of burnout, exhaustion, and despair and towards a life and work that you truly absolutely fucking love. And I think it's just so great to be able to be in an opportunity now that you can come on the podcast and learn these things, but also to do it in a live event. So what you can expect from the masterclass is community, 
I'm going to be there. I don't know who else will, but that's okay. We're going to meet together on Zoom. We're going to engage for an hour. We're going to talk. We're going to learn. We're going to ask questions. And you are going to get support. You're going to have an opportunity to to talk as well, to ask any questions, all from the comfort of your own home on a Sunday afternoon with the dress code that is messy hair, don't care. So come in your yoga pants, come in whatever. You're going to be great. And I am just loving having you. So again, not only do you get free live coaching with me, you get a little bit of homework, you get answers to some of your questions, and you get to meet other people who are in the same situation and ready to support each other. So click the link in the show notes so that you can get signed up for the free masterclass because I send you some pretty fun bomb ass emails ahead of time to make you giggle and also so you can get the Zoom link. And I can't wait to see you there. I don't know how long I'll keep these going, but they've been a lot of fun every month and I would love love, love to meet every single one of you. You see why I'm a huge girl fan of Susie Brown. Absolutely amazing. She inspires me so much. But let's do our kick of encouragement now. So I wanted to talk about the heart because, hey, she's a cardiologist. I'm a life coach talking about following our hearts. I think it's important to do that. But so many times we don't even trust ourselves. We don't trust our needs. We don't trust our desires. We don't trust our observations. And I want to dig into that a little bit. I don't know if it's early childhood programming, if it's cultural, if it's something innate within us. But I know that I have had a huge struggle. First, figuring out what is my desires? What are my needs? And then figuring out how do I follow those? And the best way I figured out how to do that to date, and maybe it'll change in the future, but is to ask some of the questions. Some questions when it comes up when I want to make a change or when I want to do something that doesn't quote unquote make sense. And so how you know you're maybe not following your heart, maybe you're following some invisible rules either set up by yourself or or someone else is when you use the words supposed to, should, but it's the right thing to. Any of those sound familiar? And then I ask myself when I say, well, I'm supposed to da, 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 without any judgment and with lots of love and self-compassion, I ask why I get into my like four-year-old brain and question and say, why am I supposed to do this thing? Why is this the right way? Why should I do this? And that usually leads to some pretty cool observations. The other questions I like to ask When I feel like I should do something, when it's an obligation or I'm supposed to, but I really don't want to, like something deep down inside of me is like, I don't want to do this, is I ask, what am I doing this for? Am I doing this for the feeling of obligation? Am I doing this for prestige? Am I doing this for people in my past? Am I doing this for expectations? Or am I doing this for myself? 
Am I doing this for my future? Am I doing this for the things that I love? Am I doing this for a way to express myself creatively? The next question beyond that is, what am I doing this from? Am I doing this from a place of resentment? Am I doing this from a place of obligation again? Am I doing this from love? Am I doing it from, you can insert any of the words there. And then the last question I like to ask myself when I'm in this place of pondering is who benefits? Who benefits if I do this? That one's a huge one for me. Because if the benefit is somebody who is not one of my post-it note people, which is all the most important people in your life who really, really matter, and you write it down on a post-it note, if the person or people who benefit are not on that post-it note, It's probably not a right decision for me. It's probably something I don't need to keep doing. And recently I came upon this. So like all of you, we've been grinding since March and COVID and making do and thinking, okay, it's going to get better. It's going to change. It's just not. So our school year, we've been in, out, in, out, in, out, um, homeschool, hybrid school, back to school, everything in between. And I just realized like my schedule has been way too crazy to accommodate teaching three little children as well. And so I had to step back and say like, what are some hard decisions that need to be made? I love all the things that I do now, but my plate is way too full. And I had to use these questions to be like, okay, what am I saying I'm supposed to do and why? What am I doing this for? Where am I doing this from? And who ultimately benefits? And what I realized is that life's going to have to change and it's going to have to look different because that last one. I want my kids to come through COVID and be like, yeah, it was weird, but we had a great time as a family. Yeah, we had to stay home all the time, but it didn't even matter. I want them on that bottom line to benefit. And so I encourage you today, use these questions, that's your homework, to see if you can maybe get a little more direction on what it is to follow your own heart. All right, my friends, thanks for tuning in. Remember in this month of November, lots of fun things are going. The new Burnt Out to Badass group is starting November 22nd. If you're like, "Mm, I don't want to commit to the full thing, but you want to test run it, November 29th is my free masterclass. Last Sunday of the month, always hop in there. November's topic is talking about frustration. December's topic, again, last Sunday of the month, is talking about celebration. So I'm excited to meet you. I can't believe we're coming up on the close of 2020. If you remember my goal way back in January, it was to meet as many of you as possible. And I have been able to e-meet so many of you, and I'm so thankful. But if you haven't introduced yourself to me yet, Jump on Instagram, jump on LinkedIn, pop me an email, whatevs. I want to know you. Remember, my friends, with all of this, as I always sign out, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. <laughs>